Hallelujah. Let's lift up our hands all across this house. Why don't you lift up your hallelujah to the Lord? Let your praise begin to flow out of you. We give you glory and we give you praise, Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, there's no one else that is more deserving than Jesus. Hallelujah. We give you all glory, all praise, all honor. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody be sensitive to the Holy Ghost in this house. We love you, Jesus. We give you glory, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody give God a hand clap of praise in this house. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. At this time, we'd like to dismiss our Sunday school students to their classrooms. All right. And all of the teachers as well. We don't want them running amok back there. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be turning to the book of Amos chapter 8. Again, good to have all of our guests and visitors in the house of God here this afternoon. Amen. We'd like for this to be a habit and a custom for you to come to the house of God. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Amos chapter 8. And we're going to begin reading in verse number 11. I want to say uh, it's been a pleasure and an honor to have my brother-in-law, Jonathan, with us for the last week or so. I don't know, I don't know if this house can handle two brother Jonathans, so... Uh, we're going to have to send him back to Florida, and uh, hallelujah. I'm sure my mother-in-law will thank me for that. We thought about canceling your flight, but we decided against it. Just kidding. Amen. But it's been a good time to have him with us and uh, all that good stuff in Jesus' name. Amos chapter 8 and verse number 11. You might have to dust it off a little bit right there in the Minor Prophets. Amos 8 and 11, the Bible says, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread nor thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. The days are coming, God says, that I will send a famine in the land, not of bread nor thirst of water, but of hearing the words of the Lord of the Lord. And today I want to preach for a few moments on this subject, starving for hunger, starving for hunger. Would you set down your Bibles and let's lift up our hands and let's pray all across this house. Come on, would you pray with us here this afternoon in the name of Jesus. Come on, let the, let the Lord move on you right now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Move in this house, God. Move in this house, God. Hallelujah. Somebody give God a hand clap of praise in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. Shake your neighbor's hand. Tell him God bless you. And you can be seated in the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. I want to say it's, it's good to have Sister Seward back in the house of God with us. I'm glad you're feeling better. We've been praying for you. Amen. Starving for hunger. As we look through the book of Genesis, in the very early beginning of creation, we will notice that God begins to create 
life and atmosphere and all the things that are conducive for life. But one thing that God created that everybody ought to be able to shout in this building about, God created food. Hallelujah. If I didn't get a shout in Pentecost about anything else, I hope I got a shout about food. Amen. I got some folks to blink at me for the first time in about six months, but God created food. But it's interesting to note that God created food in a time when man did not need anything else for survival. You see, there was no such thing as death. Man did not need sustenance. Man did not need nutrients. There was no reason that man would eat and that man could enjoy food for the simple fact that man could not die. But God created food anyways. He's a good God. Hey, praise God. Food was not necessary because man could not die. But there was one thing God put inside of man that was there before the fall of man. And that's something that you and I would call hunger. Hunger was put there for no other reason than to give man a reminder that he relied on something external to sustain him internally. God wanted man to know that you are not the answer for everything. Hallelujah. In, in spite of our world that would say that you hold the key and you have everything and whatever you have need of, you can think it into existence. I want to just dispel that humanistic ideology and let you know here today that you and I do not have enough within ourselves by ourselves. Hallelujah. Hunger was a gift from God to remind man that you will have to go outside of yourself to find what you need. You are going to have to search. You are going to have to garden. You are going to have to tend the fields. You are going to have to hunt. There's going to be a consistent and constant pain in your stomach it wasn't pain that came from the fall of man. It was not part of the curse. But God put that there to remind man that you need something else. My personal opinion, this was the very thing that God would use, amen, to show man that they are not God. That even in the garden, even before the fall, before sin ever entered into the world, it was at this moment that God was going to make sure man knew that he needed something else for survival. And it was God himself. Amen. God created every tree that was fruit yielding, every herb. He created every vegetable. Amen. He created every animal, all of these to be enjoyed by mankind. But it's interesting to note that in this position of having everything to choose from, that, that the Bible lets us know that Eve stood by the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. I want to talk about something for a moment. God gave us hunger, but there's something dangerous about hunger, and that is the misapplication, the misappropriation, the misuse of that gift from God. Amen. I want to help somebody here today. God gave you hunger, but it is you that chooses your appetite. 
God put that hunger pain inside of you, but it is your decision what you will fill that void with. And Eve decided that she was going to spend her time with a serpent, that old serpent, the devil. Eve decided she was going to spend her time where there was a tree of life, when she could have had anything that is to be desired even in our time today. She decided to spend time with the one thing God said not to eat of. I want to help you that if you spend too much time with something, if you stare too long at something, my Bible says that every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust. What's tempting to you is not tempting to me and vice versa. The devil knows how to work and how to tempt man and women, amen, based on what they are drawn away by. And he will begin to play on it. And he'll begin to pull on it. Amen. Every man and woman is drawn away of their own lust. And when lust has conceived, it brings forth sin. And sin, when it's finished, brings forth death. Eve took of that fruit. She ate it. And she gave also to her husband and plunged the entire world into sin all because the misapplication and misuse of a gift called hunger we can look a little bit later in the book of Genesis and find a man by the name of Esau who the Bible says came back from the field hunting he obviously wasn't a very good hunter because he comes back and finds his brother that's that's cooking a bull a bowl full of lentils and he tells his brother I've got hunger pangs. I'm going to die if I don't get something to eat. Has anybody ever felt that way? I want you to know there was not going to be any death for Esau. What there was for Esau was discomfort. Hallelujah. Because when you get hungry, you get uncomfortable. When you get hungry, you get uncomfortable. And it's in this position that God put that discomfort there. And it's a gift. But if you misuse that gift, you start trading temporal things for eternal things. Come on. Esau sold a birthright that could have perpetually blessed him and his family and his children. But he said, I'm hungry right now and I need something to fill me right now. Come on, somebody clap your hands and give God praise. I want to help somebody. It's in those moments of hunger and discomfort that, that, that if you're not careful, your carnal nature will begin to show. And Esau began to trade out on spiritual things. Amen. And started going after carnal things. The Bible says that there was a famine in the land. God had sent forth the famine. And the Bible says that there was corn in Egypt. So Israel began to send forth his sons into Egypt to gather corn. And you know most of the story that they gathered tons and tons of corn to take it back. But you better believe that hunger returned. Because hunger is not one of those things you feel and it's gone forever. It's one of those things that while I'm preaching, there's some folks that are thinking, can this guy be quiet so I can go to Denny's? 
It's something that perpetuates and continues. And they would eat from Egypt and they'd go home. And then they would get hungry and they'd go back to Egypt. It was this very, this very idea of hunger that eventually led the entire nation of Israel into Egyptian bondage for 430 years. Can I tell you, it was just one act of hunger. It was just one famine. It was just one time where they couldn't satiate their appetite. And for the next 430 years, their children were slaves. Their grandchildren were slaves. Their great, 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 great grandchildren were slaves. Can I help somebody? How you handle your hunger matters. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, somebody lift up your hands and let's pray. Come on, if you're in this house, I want to tell you, every person in this building has got a hunger issue. And how you handle your hunger, it'll make a difference on your children and your great-grandchildren. It'll, it'll make a difference from generation to generation. It is there that Israel is now slaves in Egypt. They cannot get free. But God brings forth the deliverer, delivers them out and the Bible says in, in Deuteronomy 8 and 3 that God suffered them to hunger. Just in case you're wondering where hunger comes from. It was never something that came as an attack of the enemy. It was always something that came from God. Throughout the Bible, the Bible says that God sent a famine in the land over and over and over again. It was God that allowed there to be scarcity of food. Uh, and it was in those moments uh, that the Bible says God suffered them to hunger that he might prove them to see what they would do. Uh, and it was there in their state of hunger that Israel began to have a little bit of nostalgia. And they started thinking of the leeks and the garlic in Egypt. Uh, they began to look fondly back on the world. Uh, they begin to look fondly back on sin amen because they got a moment of hunger all of a sudden all ten plagues that God used on Egypt begin to slip out of their mind as soon as they got a little bit of discomfort called hunger all of a sudden now they couldn't remember the whip on their back amen when you get in a position of hunger and you're not directing that hunger towards God all of a sudden you start looking backwards and and the bar you came out of starts looking appetizing come on the things you used to smoke the things you used to inject all of a sudden you got a moment of stress and they start looking appealing I want to tell you there's a danger when you got hunger and you don't direct it towards God no oh, somebody clap your hands and give God praise on this Sunday afternoon hallelujah but it is there that hunger led them to believe that it was better where they came from and I want to help you it's not better where you came from any wilderness with God is better than the greatest cities of Egypt without God amen your worst day in church is always going to be better than your best day living for the devil I wish I had about 20 people that believe that I can speak for myself. I want to tell you, I was depressed and suicidal, but when I came to the house of the Lord and God set me free, I got joy unspeakable and full of glory. Can I help somebody? When I came up out of that water speaking in other tongues, I got something the world didn't give me. 
and they certainly can't take it away. So in one moment of hunger, in one moment of discomfort, I'm not throwing away what God has done. I'm going to give God my hunger. Oh, somebody clap your hands and give God praise. Hallelujah. And that is what happens when people begin to misuse their hunger. There's a lot of negative things. In fact, it's one of the major themes in the Bible. You can look from Genesis Revelations, and there is a misappropriation, a misuse of hunger. But there is something worse than a misused hunger, and it's something we call fullness. If I were to mention the name of Sodom and Gomorrah, many thoughts would begin to fly around this house. Immediately thinking of all the things wrong with Sodom and Gomorrah, many would begin to compare it to our modern day and time. If I would ask the question, why was Sodom and Gomorrah destroyed? Many would begin to answer, and they say, because they were so wicked. And you're right, that's a very biblical answer. They were wicked. Others would say, well, because they committed abominations, and they did things that are not right. And let me help somebody. They weren't right back then, and they still aren't right today. Hallelujah. But at the same time, if we were to look in the Scriptures, we would find that the first two things that God decided were, were, were capital offenses for Sodom and Gomorrah. They were not the abominations. They were not all of the things that you and I would first jump to. But in Ezekiel 16 and 49, the Bible says, Behold, this was the iniquity of thy sister Sodom. The first thing mentioned is a word called pride. Hallelujah. If there's one word that's going to keep a lot of people out of heaven, it's that one word called pride. Pride that says I won't go to the altar because I'm too dignified. Pride that says I won't pray because I don't need God. Pride that says I won't go to church because I don't want to look like I need help. Come on. Pride that says I can make this by myself. Pride that says I don't need a church family. Pride that says I don't need to listen to a preacher. Come on. Pride that says I don't need Jesus. Pride that says I don't need a cross. It was pride. was the number one reason. But right after that, right after pride, the Bible says fullness of bread. Fullness of bread. And the abundance of idleness was in her and in her daughters. Neither did she strengthen the hands of the poor and the needy. And they were haughty and committed abominations before me. Therefore I took them away as I saw good. There's something worse than people that misuse their hunger. And it's those that get so full of everything else that they no longer have any desire. They no longer have anything that can move them. They no longer have any hunger. They no longer have any space. They become so full that they keep on filling up, filling up, filling up. And there is no room in their life for God. There's no room in their life for anything else. Can I preach to somebody? We're living in a generation that is starving for a thing that's called hunger we've got so much fullness we've got too much money we've got too many pursuits we got too much entertainment we're a, we're we're filling up filling up filling up filling up but i got a question is there anybody left in this generation that will empty themselves out and say god we've got room oh somebody lift up your hands and magnify him Come on, I didn't come to preach for a long time. 
Come on, we're starving for hunger in this generation. Uh, we've got, we've filled up on everything else. Uh, we've got pursuits. We've got money. We've got education. We've got it all. But now we're missing this vital key uh, called hunger. Oh, somebody pray in the name of Jesus. Come on, let's pray. I know there's a lot of dangerous things uh, that happen when people get hungry, but I'd rather there be hungry people that make mistakes uh, than people that are so full that they have no, they have nothing that's pushing them. Uh, they have nothing that's driving them. Uh, I want somebody to get a little hunger in this house. Oh, somebody pray in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. It was pride and fullness of bread. It was we've got enough. We've got more than sufficient. Revelations would put it this way. We are rich and increased with goods and in need of nothing. I want to tell you the Bible says that when God looked at them, he said, you're poor, you're blind, you're naked, and you're empty. When we look at our lives, we would say, I'm full, I'm full, I'm full. But when God looks, he says, you're missing a key element called hunger. You're empty you're come on you got the job you were working for but you're empty you got that relationship you died for but you're empty there's so much that hallelujah it is there that jesus says woe unto you that are full for you shall hunger because there will come a day of hunger if god has a say about it john 7 and 37 gives us a wonderful testament to this when the Bible says Jesus, in that last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scriptures have said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. They had spent over one week gorging and binging meal after meal. They were drinking and getting drunk. They were partying in excess. They were going to the fullest extent that they could at the feast. And today was the final day. It was that last great day of the feast. They brought out all the leftovers. They grabbed everything from the whole week. And everybody said, we got one last celebration. We got one one last party. Everybody binge until you are full, full, full. But it's there. Jesus stands up at the buffet and stands to his feet and says, is there anybody in the midst of the feast that's still got room? Is there anybody in the feast that's hungry or is everybody full? Is there anybody at the feast that wants something to drink or is everybody full? I want to tell you, we're living in a feast generation. We've got more than we can handle. We've got a buffet of life and Jesus is standing in the church saying, is there anybody that's hungry? Is there anybody on this feast that still wants more? Somebody clap your hands and give God praise. Come on, somebody, give, you, give God praise in the name of Jesus. He's standing in high schools. He's standing in universities. He's standing on job sites. And he's saying, is anybody hungry? Is anybody hungry? Or have you had your fill? Somebody lift up your hands and let's pray. Come on, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, we're starving for hunger in this generation. We've got more apps on our phone than we know what to do with. We've got more things going on than we know how to handle. And God wants to know, is there anybody in this overabundant world that's still got enough hunger? 
We are living in a feast society. You can binge on anything. We don't believe in Netflix, but they binge watch on Netflix. Yeah. Or you can sit up all night and you can grab you can grab popcorn or whatever. And you can sit for the next 24 hours watching a show, vegging out for the rest of your life. Don't worry, they'll always come up with some new ones. Just in case you get done binge watching that one, they can move you to the next one. I want to tell you, we gotta get as a there's a term in this generation, you need to get woke. They're trying to keep you asleep. They're trying to keep you so full that you're lethargic. And you. This generation's being overfed. This generation. Come on. Our society is overfeeding, over sexualizing. Come on. Over monetizing, over drugging. This generation's getting more prescription drugs than they know what to do with. And we wonder why depression is so rampant. I'll tell you why. We got fullness of bread. But what we need is emptiness. What we need is hunger. Oh, somebody give God praise. Give God praise. question comes down to in this feast is there anybody left that's hungry or do we already fill up on Instagram come on have we already filled up on reposting dumb things on Facebook have we already filled up on tinder dates no apostolic should be on tinder just to throw it out there I know that there's some older folks go, what's that don't worry there's things in this generation that are messing this generation up. Uh, it doesn't matter what it is, but there's so much uh, that, that's being overfilled. Uh, and it's Snapchat this and five-second video here and YouTube. And everything's draining us uh, of energy. Uh, and Jesus is crying in the back of the church. Uh, Jesus is crying in the altar. Jesus is crying in the pews. Uh, and he's saying, is there anybody hungry? Is there anybody that wants more than this is there anybody that wants more than corn in Egypt? Is there anybody that wants more than there's just more knowledge and more information? Is there anybody that wants to walk with me in the cool of the day? Is there anybody that's hungry for my presence? So you know what God does? When man gets too full, he sends a famine. I thank God for every famine. Come on. I thank God for every dry spell that let me know I was spiritually losing it. I know some folks cry, oh, Pastor, I can't feel God. I'll tell you why you can't feel God. God's letting some other things dry up. Because if we get full on everything else and there's no room for God, God's not going to share space. He backs up and says, go ahead. I'll wait until you get hungry enough. I'll wait until you empty out. I'll wait. I'll wait until that relationship doesn't work out. You break up with your fifth boyfriend, and now you don't know what to do. I'll wait until you're absolutely depressed, and you run to church and say, I want more, I want more, and the Spirit of the Lord will come in like a flood. Oh, somebody clap your hands. Let's stand all across the building. Somebody clap your hands and give God a shout. Come on, thank God for the famines in your life. Thank God for the dry spells. Thank God for the hard times. It's those things that are pulling the hunger out of you. Somebody lift up your hands and let's pray. Hallelujah. Lift up your hands and let's pray. In the name of Jesus. 
Come on, Jesus is in this house standing, and he's crying, is there anybody that's hungry? Is there anybody that's hungry? Are you filled up? Have you got your fill of this world? Are you tired of sin? Are you tired of all this other junk? Or do you have hunger left that says, God, I'm sick of this old world. I want you. God wants to know in this tech world, everything's a click of a button. Everything's instant message. Everything's text message. Everything's emoji. Everything's a GIF. Everything's just right there in front of you. You can just get it out there and, and you don't have to spend time. Is there anybody that's willing to spend time with God? Is there anybody that's, you know, hungry people run at any meal. You get somebody hungry enough, they won't wait for you to pray. They'll start eating. I know there's people in our world that will line up for a concert. They'll be early to their job because they're hungry for that bread. You know what I mean? They'll, they'll do all sorts of things. But when it comes to church, they're 35 minutes late to prayer. They're an hour late to church. Come on, we, we can't let the world be more hungry. Come on. We can't let them be more passionate than... We've got to have it. Some folks so passionate about getting the next guy elected. We need to have some people that want Jesus to be king over all the earth. We've got to have hunger. God wants to know if there's anybody in this world, if there's a church anywhere that's hungry for more. Because my Bible tells me, Blessed are you which hunger and thirst after righteousness, for you shall be filled. My Bible tells me, blessed are you that hunger now, for you shall be filled. There's a prerequisite to being filled by God. you got to be hungry. Hallelujah. But if you hunger, you shall be filled. And Jesus said, but if you're already full, you're going to come to a famine and a place of hunger until I can fill you. It's the mercy of God. It's the mercy of God. The Bible says it was the spirit that drove Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And Jesus let the spirit drive him into the wilderness. He didn't eat. 40 days and 40 nights because this God manifested flesh was trying to give us an example I've got to deny some things here on earth to allow my hunger to be directed towards God I think that it'd be good for some folks this week to push away the plate come on set your cell phone down delete Facebook for a month I'm preaching Come on, let me help somebody. It's time to say, you know what? I'm done with all this mess. I don't care about how many likes I get. I don't. You think that's a problem with the younger generation? It's not as much as it is with those that are 40, 50, and 60 that are addicted to something they didn't have when they were 20. I'm telling you, it's a problem in every generation. But there's got to be somebody like Jesus that lets the Spirit of God drive them to hunger. Jesus went to the wilderness hungry. Fought the devil and won. Not because he was full. He was hungry. Bad decisions don't get made when people are hungry for God. They go, no, no, no. No, I'm not hungry for this world. I'm hungry for God. I put that other stuff away. 
The Bible says that there was a whole multitude in, in the book of Mark that followed Jesus into the wilderness. Something about this wilderness. People get hungry in the wilderness. But the Bible says they didn't take provisions. They didn't take food. You know why? They wanted to hear Jesus' words. They were hungry for God. They were hungry for God. The Bible says there was 5,000, not including women and children, that when they heard Jesus was in the wilderness, they didn't even pack a snack lunch. They went to the wilderness because it didn't matter if it caused them to be hungry. They were going to get more of God. And you better believe when they got in that wilderness, the Bible says Jesus had compassion on them. And Jesus filled them. Because when you go after God in hunger, you walk away absolutely full of the presence and the glory of God. Church, what would happen if we walked in His presence? Not full of this world, not full of addictions, not full of sin, but we come to this altar, we repent of those things, we lay them down on the altar and say, God, I'm stepping away from that. God, I'm laying that on the altar. And we come before His presence and say, God, I want to be hungry. I wonder how many people will be filled up in this house. Amen. Full of the Holy Ghost, full of joy, full of peace, full of, come on, no more anxiety, no more stress. Because you laid it at the altar and you went after God hungry and God filled you with miracles. Signs and wonders. Would you lift up your hands and let's pray. Come on, church. Come on, today's the day. Today's the day. Hunger is what drives you deeper. Hunger is what gets you closer to God. Hunger, it's not fullness. It's not having it all together. It's saying, God, I just want more. I got room. I want to open up this altar. Would you come and pray? We're going to sing here in a moment. But I want everybody in this building. Come on, if you're visiting with us, I want you to come down to this front. It might be sin that is holding you back. you got to repent. Repentance is emptying yourself and saying, God, I know that's what I was doing. I know that's what I was. But, God, I don't want to, I don't want to be full of that. I want to be filled with you. Maybe it's something that's not sinful. The, the Bible says the weights that so easily beset us, you've got to lay aside every weight and say, God, it may not send me to hell, but it's causing me to not hunger. And I'm setting it aside because i got to have hunger to be filled. Come on, church, let's pray in the name of Jesus. Let's pray. Come on, when you pray in this altar, you're saying, God, fill me. You're saying, God, empty me of all this other junk so I can be filled. I don't want to be part of the generation that doesn't have hunger. I want to be part of the church that's hungry for more. Come on, somebody pray that. Empty me, God. Come on, worldliness, empty me of it. Sin, empty me of it. Addictions, empty me of it. Religiosity that causes me to just come to church but not go after God, empty me. I don't want to be filled with that. I want to be filled with your glory.
Spirit, Lord, I 